Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. And I just want to encourage you um, as we get into today's message, if you are literally stressed out, uh, number one, take a chill pill, okay? Um, go get like a Christmas movie, all right? You know, kick back, grab a blanket. Anybody know what I'm talking about, okay? Start a fire if you have a fireplace, okay? If you really need it, sip on a glass of wine. Whatever you need to do, okay? Chill. <laughs> And enjoy this because here's the thing. Um, the last thing we want to do as believers is get so caught up and so busy and so stressed out uh, that we forget to portray, not just tell and not just celebrate, but really portray what Christmas is all about. And uh, so when people look at our life as believers in this season, uh, because I, I've been shopping around looking for a nativity scene that I could put out in my yard, and I, I still cannot find one. And I've been looking, and someone said, well, you didn't start soon enough. No, I started. I started soon enough. I just could not find one. And uh, last night, my daughter and I, I found a moment to relax and just chill with her. And we're going to watch a Christmas movie. And we could not find any Christmas movies on Netflix. Maybe I'm going to the wrong section, but we could not find any. And so then I browsed through our TV, you know, the stuff. And I was like, man, I couldn't find any. So we went to iTunes. Come on, somebody. And we found one. And last night, we watched Home Alone 1. And uh, because, I mean, that says Christmas, right? I mean, two guys trying to break into a house. Nothing says Christmas like that. And, uh, but we had fun, and we watched a Christmas movie, uh, movie and, and just hung out. But I want to encourage you. I mean, Christmas is what? What is it, three days away? Um, if you have not yet stopped, number one, to reflect on what Christmas is all about, do that. But secondly, if you have not just taken a moment to literally allow people to peer in at your life and see what Christmas is about, I want you to do that. Uh, because the world needs to know um, that it's about Jesus Christ. Amen? And uh, that's why we've been doing this series entitled Carols, in which we've been going back and looking at some really old songs written a long time ago that we now know as Christmas carols, and they've probably become tradition uh, to a lot of us. And we've been looking at these carols, and, and really what these carols were birthed around, and then what their message is, and we've been pulling out one theme thought out of that carol, and then just tackling it. And so today you heard the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And so I want to run with this thought of Emmanuel. And I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to talk about Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Uh, God be with us. God be with us. God be with us. Turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. How many of you guys enjoyed the Christmas program last weekend? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, man, it was, it was so great to see everybody come out, and then the kids just did an amazing job in really communicating uh, the Christmas message in a creative way, and uh, we had a good time doing that. Um, if you missed any of this series, you can go uh, back online and, uh, and check it out. But right before we read Matthew chapter 1, I want you to repeat this after me. I want you to say, God was... Come on, everybody, get into the Christmas spirit, okay? God was, God is, and God will be with me. Say, God was, God is, and God will be with me. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, and it reads, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, promised in marriage, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins." Okay, uh, let me read that part again, because that, that to me, we could stop right there. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Okay. Okay, now the reason I paused there, and the reason I kind of wanted to get a little bit of a reaction, is because when I read the Christmas story, and I look at what was taking place, it was not this somber, uh, reflective, introspective moment. Are you with me? Okay? There were angels, choirs of angels singing. Okay? There were shepherds rejoicing. Okay? And they didn't do that a whole lot. Okay? But they were rejoicing. Okay? They were super happy. I mean, come on, look at the nativity scene. Even the sheep and the cows and the donkeys were excited. Come on, somebody. Okay? There, there, were these, there was these three wise guys that traveled for two years following a star. Why? Because of this right here. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This was an exciting moment for these people. Okay? When this announcement came from the angels to the shepherds, when the wise men heard and they followed, this was an exciting thing. This was a joyous thing. This was, man, something to celebrate. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would just speak to us. Uh, God, I pray, um, I, I guess more than anything this morning, that as we leave this place, uh, we would leave excited about you, excited about the season of Christmas, and then just literally exemplifying that, modeling that to all those that are around us. Uh, for so many, um, they really don't know the true meaning of Christmas, or, or maybe they don't buy into the true meaning of Christmas. But I pray that we would do our job as believers over the next seven days, uh, Lord, to just show it to people and someone to come to know you through that. So, Lord, today, help me preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, that was an exciting moment for these people, okay? This was the long-awaited, man, they, they, they've read about the prophets, they've heard about the prophecies, and now the moment comes where it's no longer God from afar, it's no longer God in the future, but it's God right now. And they get excited about this. That's why there is shepherds rejoicing. That's why there is angels singing. That's why there's people traveling. It's all for this one moment that no longer will we have to think back about, about, about the prophets and what they 
promised. No longer will we have to look on with anticipation of what was promised, but we can grab hold of this moment right now. Christ has come, God with us right now. And what that meant to them is right here in this announcement to Joseph, and really throughout the whole entire Christmas story, what that meant for them was that he will save the people from their sins. Okay, they'll no longer, because of this baby, because of this son, because of Jesus coming, they're no longer going, now some people still don't get this, but they're no longer going to have to go through the process of making atonement with animals, but the atonement himself has come. Jesus comes on the scene, the one that makes them at one with God once again. Emmanuel meaning God with us, saving the people from their sins, the long-awaited moment is here. When I think about Christmas, I think that's probably one of the reasons why Christmas is the way it is. Now, this is just my opinion, and it's my thought on this, so bear with me. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, um, and you know, and, and I don't know what it's like in your household, and, uh, but my parents, they didn't really necessarily ask us for a list. They would just watch us throughout the year of things that we wanted or things that we liked or things that we pointed out or we were hanging out at a friend's house and we would come back and say, oh, they have a Nintendo. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now, a lot of you don't even know what that is, but it just had one little controller and two red buttons and it was a little gray box, right? Hey, okay, Mario Brothers, come on, somebody. And, uh, and man, my friend, oh, man, Dad, it was so awesome. I want one of those, you know. And, and, uh, and so my parents would just kind of log these things. And then uh, they would go out and buy things throughout the year. And then there would come the day when the tree goes up. And I'm an early tree setter up. Or I see some people like yesterday with driving down the road with a tree on their car. And I'm like, you are lame, all right? Now, if you're that person, forgive me for calling you lame. But you're lame. Um, you, I, I get my tree. We put our, well, actually, I don't get my, my tree stays in my garage all year round. Come on, somebody. Yeah, oh, you're one of the fake tree people. That's all right. I don't spend 50 bucks every year, okay? I got mine on sale for 65 bucks one time. Boom, done. Until Jesus comes back, as long as I take care of it. Or until a light burns out, and then you replace the whole thing, right? And so, yeah, I do one of the fake trees. But, man, we set it up the day after Thanksgiving. Man, we get that thing up there. And uh, man, I always loved it when my parents set the tree up early, and then they would wrap the gifts Right? And they wouldn't wait. Now, I know they would wait till like, Christmas Eve to wrap a big bulk of them. Um, and those are usually the ones from Santa, right? Because Santa doesn't come till hello, Christmas Eve. But my parents, once my parents, they would wrap them. And, like, for three weeks, they would be under there. And as a kid, it is the torture. Because you lay there with drool coming down, right? And you're just like, I wonder what's in there. And then when they're not looking, you pick it up and shake it, Right? And if you're really sneaky like my wife was, you cut the tape, and you open it up, you slide it out, you peek, and you're like, that's what I wanted, yay, and then you slide it back in and retape it, right? Okay? I was never that evil. I was saved. She wasn't, so it's all right. But, um, but I would. I would pick up the box, and I would shake it, and I would like, oh, man, what's it going to be? And, man, there's this anticipation this excitement of, man, I cannot wait for Christmas morning. I remember one year, I wanted a boom box. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 80s right there, right? Roller skates, okay? And I remember I wanted this boom box, and there's this one, and, and then there was this other little itty-bitty one, and my parents were like, oh, those are nice. Which one do you want? And I was like, oh, I want the big gray one with the speakers that come off, and you can see, you know what I'm talking about, right? I want that one, you know? And they're like, well, what about this little black one? I was like, oh, I don't like, I like that one. And so I remember one Christmas, my parents wrapped a two-by-four that looked like the little one. 
Yeah, aren't they mean? They're evil, right? And they put that under there. And I remember I was like, oh, at least I got one, you know, and that's cool, you know. And I thought it was a little black. And then on, on Christmas morning, man, I unwrapped it, and it was a two-by-four, and it said, go look in our closet, and then the big gray one was there, right? It's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got good parents. But there's this anticipation. There's this excitement. And then it's Christmas morning. And it's like all of that anticipation, that excitement just overflows in one joyous moment because it's Christmas Day and you unwrap the gift. And in that moment, I'm not sitting there contemplating and introspective and like, oh, this is such a neat boombox. No, I'm, I'm ripping that thing open and I'm like, it is here. Come on. And then I'm throwing it on my shoulder with my, with my roller blades on. Come on, somebody. Okay. This is what it was like for those people. This is what had been prophesied about. This is what they had been anticipating. This is why drool was coming down their mouth. Come on, somebody. They were waiting for this moment, and when it came, man, all of heaven was rejoicing. The shepherds were rejoicing because this meant something. This is the moment. It is no longer God from a distance. It is no longer God in the future sometime. It is God with us right now. Emmanuel. God with us now, and he saves the people from their sins. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. Now, I, I don't know if you, if you think about that much, but he's with us right now. And I know that there's times when we pray that. God, I'm going on a blind date. I pray you'd be with me on this date because I don't even know who this is. I pray that he's not a weirdo. God, be with me. God, I'm going into a job interview, and, and I really need this job, so God, would you be with me? God, I'm traveling for Christmas, and would you be with us? Traveling mercies. Right? God, I'm, I'm, I'm walking through this difficult situation, and, and God, would you, would you be, be with me? God, my finances, I, I, I just need you to be with me right now. And in those moments, we might pray a prayer like that. But ladies and gentlemen, there's something you need to understand, that he is with you all the time. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Although you might make your bed in the pit of hell, the Bible says, I, I look at it this way, although you might live your life like hell, he will not leave you. He is there with you. And he is not just there with you when you go on some creepy date. Come on, somebody. He is with you all the time. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And if I could just somehow uh, look at this for a moment together beyond, God, would you just be with me in this moment? God, would you be just with me in this situation? But would you be with me all the time? And the knowledge and the understanding of that, I believe, begins to change the way we live our life. He's God with us right now. He's God with us all the time. It's, it's what made this whole story so awesome. It's a fulfillment of a prophecy by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. This prophetic, and this is another thing that makes the story so exciting, is this prophetic word was given nearly 740 years earlier. Think about that. And if you go back to Isaiah 7 and you read it, and you read about what's taking place and how Isaiah is prophesying to the nation and he's speaking to the king, and this is what's going to happen. 
because of you and this and this, I'm paraphrasing it, you can go back and read it, because of you and because of this, here's what's going to ha happen. Unto us, a child is going to be born. Unto us, a son is going to be given. His name will be Jesus. He'll save the world from us. He'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. And this whole prophetic moment is birthed out of what's 740 years later. Okay? It's one thing for me to sit as a little kid by the tree for 20-something days. Looking. Oh, can't wait to open that. It's another thing for a nation to wait 740 years in anticipation. And then the day is here. It's pretty exciting. Emmanuel. God with us. But, but here's the reality. As, as we talk about it, 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 it's a great passage of Scripture. Christmas is a great season. It makes for a great message. But a lot of us sitting here right now really don't believe it. We don't believe it for, for one of two reasons, probably one. We don't believe it because if God was with me, then how could this be happening in my life? If God is with me, then why is this happening? Why is my marriage like this? Why, why, why did my mom break her leg? Why did, did my friend get cancer? And, and why I work really hard, but the job's just not panning out? Why can't I find that, that, that soulmate, that one I'm going to be married to? Why, why, why is this? Why is that? And so we don't really believe it. We, we think about it at Christmas. It makes for a good message. We might even sing the song, and we might know it theologically but we don't know it in our hearts. Because if God was with me, then why is this happening? Or maybe we're, we're, we're not there, but maybe we're over here and we don't believe God is with us because how could God be with someone like me? How could God come and be with me? I'm not worthy. And so there's these reasons, but the reality is a lot of us, we, you know, we hear the message. We read it in Scripture. We sing it at Christmas. But here's, here's the reality of Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas is a magnifying glass. And if life is good, Christmas makes life look that much better. Right? I mean, my marriage is good. But Christmas is just like, my kids, my family, and it magnifies that. But if life is bad, things aren't going well, Christmas magnifies that. And so it's like you go to extremes. Let me know what I'm talking about this morning. And so we miss out on this whole fact that God really is with us. God really is with us. How, do, how does that apply to us today? Let me just look, look at three different thoughts here, if we could. Emmanuel. God was, God is, and God will be. First thought I want to think about is this, is God was with you. Emmanuel, God was with you. 
God was with you. I, I don't know if, if, if you're like this, but I can look back in times and seasons of my life right now, being over here. I can look back. And I can look at my life and I can say, God was with me there. Because had he not been with me there, I'd be dead. Had he not been with me there, I wouldn't be a pastor today. Had he not been with me there, God was with you. We don't even have to look that far back right here on our, on our short journey. We're going to be coming into five years at the end of January, beginning of February. And, and, and last week, if you were here in this place, man, just full, and the kids on stage, and Lisa and Tammy and the, the, the hours they gave, I was blown away by last week. Because I saw two other performances this week. And that one blew them out of the water. And I sat there last week and I was like, God, thank you. This is our church. This is our church. This is the church you called us to. I was just blown away. And when I look back at our season as a church, I don't have to look back that far and see the things and the times when God was with us. Some of you were with us when the fire hit. Some of you wish you weren't with us when the fire hit. <laughs> Man, when that thing hit. Now, I'll be honest with you. At the moment, it did not feel like God was with me. True story. But looking back, the fact that five days after the fire, we met as a church... With no equipment, God was with us. God was with us. From the very beginning of this church, I can look back. And here's the thing, even, even, even I'm going to say, just bad decisions as a leader I made. Like, hey, let's meet here. Let's do this. Let's try this campaign. And looking back, I'm like, God, that was a really dumb idea. I'm not so sure I was hearing from you. But I'm so glad you were with me. What about your own life? Can you look back and say, God, that was really dumb. <laughs> I'm so glad you're with me because I'm still married today because you're with me. God has been with you. God has been with his church. It makes me think about a guy named Joseph in the Bible. Y'all know the story of Joseph, Genesis? The latter part of Genesis? Here is a guy. Matter of fact, turn to, turn to Genesis uh, 39, verse 21. I'm just going to read this real quick. Here is a guy that had dreams, man, God dreams. And these dreams came to pass. But if you look at the process in which they took place, he better have known that God was with him. From the time his own brothers betrayed him and threw him into a pit, to the time his brothers pulled him out of the pit and then sold him into slavery, the time he was in Potiphar's house and got lied about, which took him to the prison where people forgot about him, until one day, Oh, wait, there's this one guy 
Look at this. Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Look at this now. But the Lord was with Joseph. That verse is so key. When I look back at the life of Joseph, but then not only that, when I look at my own life and I look back, and although uh, at the time maybe it didn't feel like it, and I know we can't read into the story and, and really fully understand what was going on in Joseph's heart and fully understand maybe the wrestlings that were going on with his mind. But listen to me. Uh, he had to have some sort of assurance when he was going through that season for us to read today that God was with him. And it was God that was with him through that whole entire process that eventually took him to the palace. Listen to me. You look back on your life, and maybe after today's service, you'll be able to look back and say, you know what? I'm pretty sure God was with me right there. I'm pretty sure God was with me right there. I can look back on all sorts of circumstances and situations. People that I think about in this church, and God has healed their body. God has done miracle provisions. God has restored relationships. God has done this. God, and God was with them. God was with them. And here's, I think here's the, here's the key, is it's got to go from a head knowledge to a heart relationship. It's got to go from this, yeah, I know pastor told me. He told me, so I'm just going to hold on because he told me, to a heart relationship where I experience him in that moment. Emmanuel, God with us. The second thought is this, God is with you. God is with you right now. Right now in this present circumstance, this present situation, this present moment. And can I just tell you this? Here I am getting ready for this weekend's message. Not just this week, but thinking through the series and, and thinking through what we would talk about today. Emmanuel, God with us. And, and I shared it earlier that last Sunday after the service, I get a phone call, a text message from my mom. I hurry to the emergency room and, and uh, man, they, they x-rayed her hip because she's had a hip replacement. And they looked at her hip and they said, there's nothing wrong. If you can get up on this walker, you can go home. And so they get her up on the walker. And they're like, okay, try to walk. And she tries to walk, and she just about crumbles under the pain. And they're like, oh, there's something wrong. And we're like, yeah, that's why we're here. And so then they x-ray a little further down, and sure enough, her femur just broke all the way through. And, and I, I've known people that have had femur breaks before, and it's, it's, not, it's not like an overnight process. It's like you're in it for the long haul. It's, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey. And man, this week, studying for this message was like God just speaking to me. God is with me. Ben, God's with you. Ben, God's with you. And I shared that, that moment earlier where I just sat outside my mom's room and I just kind of wept. And when he came and he just said, Ben, my grace is sufficient, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to take off the pastor hat and I want you to set it aside and I don't want you to think about anybody else in the church. I don't really know how to do that. And he said, you need to do it. And so I canceled all my meetings and I'm just like, okay, I'm not gonna be anybody's pastor. And I called one of my pastors. I called Brian and I said, hey man, here's what's going on. 
Can I just cry on the phone with you for a few minutes? Can you be my pastor? And he's so good at it. And he was. And then afterwards, I was like, all right. All right. Because sometimes it's all we need, right? Is we need someone else to come alongside us and remind us that God is with us. God is with us. God is with you today. And here's the thing. God has a special place in his heart for hurting people. One of the qualities or characteristics of the Holy Spirit is he's the comforter. He's the paraclete. He's the one that comes alongside and walks with us. I don't know about you, but to me that's awesome. So when I read this, Emmanuel, God is with you. Man, that means he's with me even more so when I'm hurting. He has a special place. What does the Bible say? He came to seek and save the lost. He came for the sick, not for the well. There is a special place in God's heart. If you are here this morning, you are here right now, and maybe Christmas to you is not a joyful time. Maybe Christmas to you brings up memories of, of the past that are painful. Maybe Christmas to you reminds you of a, of a loved one you lost. Maybe Christmas to you is, is really hard because you have some financial burden and some financial difficulty, and so you want to give gifts and you want to be a part of that, but you can't because of your finances. And so rather than jumping in, you kind of pull back. Whatever it is, if you're here this morning and you would say, Ben, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. I'm hurting in one of these areas. I, I'm walking through a difficult season. I'm, I'm not going to be with my kids at Christmas. I'm not, I'm not going to be with my family at Christmas. Whatever that difficulty is today, you need to know something. God is with you right now. He is the paraclete. He is the comforter. He is the one that's coming alongside. And if you just look to him, he'll carry you through this moment. He's God with you. God is with you. Look at Luke 128. Luke 128. Angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And it was that spoken word that carried out the promise in her life. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. I'm not, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. The Lord is with you. It's no longer me reading about God and hearing the prophetic voice of all the prophets of the past of what's to come. It's no longer me dreaming about the moment of when he would come. It's me walking with him right now. There's something about walking. Because here's the thing. It's great. I love reading the Bible. I love reading scripture and the promises of God. But man, when I obtain those promises for myself, when I read that he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer and my health, then it's great theologically, but when it happens in my body, there's some people sitting in here right now that God has done miracles in them, and they know what I'm talking about. It's one thing to believe. When I think about Cantina and Hilda Lupus, when I, when I think about, man, for how long she tried to change her diet, and how long she tried to pray for it, and how long she tried to contend for it, and then that moment where it's received, man, 
something awesome. Something awesome. It's, it's literally like when you go somewhere and you go shopping. I was shopping yesterday. And I went someplace and I said, hey, I'm looking for this. Do you, do you know where that's at? Yes, it's over there in such and such a section. And I go to the section and it's not there. Anybody else have this ever happened to you before? And so I asked the person that's standing right there. I said, hey, I'm looking for this. Do you know where it's at? And they say, yeah, it's over there. And I go over there. No joke. And I go over and it's not there. And then so I asked the person that's there. I said, hey, I'm looking for such and such a thing. And I was told it's here. No, it's back over there. And they send me back to the original spot where the other person had sent me. And I look at them and say, no, it's not there. And I literally am frustrated. I'm walking out of the store, and the look of frustration is on my face. And finally someone stops and goes, hey, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for this. They said, hey, follow me. I'll take you right to it. And that person took me right to the thing, and there it was. It was that assurance that I'm not walking on my own trying to find this far-off promise, this far-off thing. But literally, the person led me. Listen, God is with you right now. You are not walking on your own trying to obtain some far-off purpose, some far-off dream, some far-off thing. He is walking you. He is leading you. He has you by the hand. You might walk. Well, wait a second. I've been here before. No, just follow me. It's right over here. But wait a second. I've I've gone down this way before. No, this is going to be different. I'm going to take you right to the thing that you're looking for this time. God is with you right now, leading you, guiding you, directing you, comforting you. Is someone catching this this morning? See, there's something different about us when God is leading us. There is something different about when dad is in the picture and dad can hold the hand of his daughter and say, come on, honey, I'm going to go with you. You don't need to be afraid. something different. God is with us right now. He is with you. Lastly, let's conclude here. God will be with you. Emmanuel, God will be with you. God will be with you. No matter who you are in this place, God will be with you. God will be with you. Well, I know he was. And yeah, I feel him right now, and I know he is, but I'm walking into this uncertain circumstance or situation, and I just need to know, is, is God going to be? Yeah, God's going to be with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God is with you, and God will be with you. And it is how you hold on to the God that is right now that you will see the God that will be with you in the future. I think about the promise that was made to Mary in that one moment. Hey, favored one, the Lord is with you. You're going to have a baby boy. Let it be to me according to your word. Pregnant. Probably not quite that quick. It was probably more like, right? But think about this, how she had to hold on to that promise every day. The Lord is with me. She had to hold on to that promise when she saw her son being arrested. The Lord is, is with me. 
She had to hold on to that promise when her son was being led away. The Lord is, is with me. She had to hold on to that promise when he was carrying that cross up the hill. The Lord is with me. She had to hold on to that promise when she saw her son having nails driven into his hands. The Lord is, Lord's with me. She had to hold on to that promise when she saw her son being buried in that tomb. The Lord is with me. She had to hold on to that promise for three days. God, you promised. She had to hold on to that promise when her son rose. And she had to hold on to that promise when her son ascended into heaven. The Lord is with me. And I think back and I look at Mary and I think about how difficult that must have been. And yet I can relate to a certain degree today. When I walk through certain circumstances and situations in my life, God, I know you were with me, but are you going to be with me on this one? And his promise to you is that God was, God is, and God will be with you. Let me read it to you. Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a question. Shall tribulation? It's a question. No. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall distress? No. Who shall separate us from Christ? Persecution? Famine? Being naked? I'm not sure how that one made it in there, but... I'm naked. You're not with me, God! So when you shower, he departs from you for a moment. Look at this. Shall danger. Shall sword. Add as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from him. He has been, he is, and he will be with you no matter what you're walking through. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you truly are Emmanuel. God was, God is, and God will be with us. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.